Welcome to the Veranda Financing Podcast. Today we have Ryan Stuman of Hardcore Closer. Hi, Ryan. What's going on, Christine? Thank you for having me on today. Yeah, I'm happy to have you on. I mean, this is very exciting. Um, we are so happy to have you here. You are excelling at something that a lot of people have a hard time doing. And I just want you to, you know, let our listeners know a little bit more about you and what you do at Hardcore Closer. Well, I am uh, definitely not one of these people that was an overnight success or born with a silver spoon or anything like that. I have lived a a life full of challenges from adoption to divorce to incarceration and everything in between. And uh, 2008, I stepped out of federal prison. Uh, I had been in for about 15 months for a firearms trafficking charge. And uh, that wasn't what I did, but that was the charge we settled for. And uh, did 15 months, got out with about $25 to my name. I lost every dollar I ever had while I was in there. <clears throat> my world came to, you know, complete shambles. So you know, I was one of the poorest people in America at the time. I literally, I owned no assets, had zero debt, zero assets, zero, I got nothing. I had 25 bucks in my name. Uh, nowhere to sleep. I ended up staying at a halfway house and later on uh, crashed in an extra bedroom at my parents' house for a few months. And now flash forward you know, 10 and a half years, I'm one of the wealthiest people in America. Oh and I don't say that like I got billions or whatever, but definitely top 1%. And I built that on, you know, hard work and authenticity online. I run a company called Break Free Academy, and we help entrepreneurs learn sales funnels, Facebook ads, sales, marketing, life skills, how to cope with the force of average when it attacks you, and everything in between, and we've helped uh, between our books, our digital products, and our coaching clients, we've helped over 100,000 people in the last five years, and, you know, oh, wow. we've built the company to be a, an eight-figure company, and, you know, because of that, it's provided a private school life for my kids, and a very luxurious life for my wife, and, you know, nice cars for me, and a beautiful house to live in, and great employees, and, and wonderful clients, and, you know, it's not always rainbows and sunshine, but... When you've been through the hell I've been through and you break through to this side, it sure feels good, you know? That is an awesome story. I mean, after you hear that, there's no excuse for anybody else. Um, so, That's our company motto. We say FYE, which is, uh, you know, I don't know if you cuss on your show or not, but it's uh, fuck your excuses, you know, because I should have every excuse to, you know, be homeless or still be on drugs or, or whatever the case may be. I have a million excuses that I could dig into and justify the means for me to be a failure, but instead I chose to uh, find reasons to do things instead of excuses why I couldn't do them. So take me back to that time when you were $25 to your name. What decision did you make to, what was the biggest decision you made to get from that point to the, like the next step? You're going to laugh at me. I spent $10 of it on McDonald's across the street. I was so damn hungry and I hadn't eaten it. <laughs> uh, like what they call a free world food. And I, you know, I figured I'd just get more. I've always been like an abundant thinker when it comes to money. It's like I'll always be able to get more. And it, it's, it's weird because I never applied for a job before. Mm. And I'd either been told, hey, come work for us or been recruited away. I'd never had to apply for a job. And, you know, now I'm going to apply for a job as a, 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 a two, two, I have two felonies. So now I'm going to apply for a job as a two-time felon and and, you know, the first place I went to, it's a funny story. I went to this place called Credit Solutions. 
And, dude, this office was amazing. They were at the top of this high rise, and there was, like, everybody was, like, free Red Bull, and they brought you lunch and good benefits, and people were making a lot of money, and there was, like, TVs in every office. Dude, it was, like, over the top. And I wanted that job so bad. I I passed the first round interview. They brought me back in, told me I was going to get the job, and they ran my background and didn't hire me. Mm. And it was the first time I'd ever been turned down. And there was no amount of selling that I could do because it was a huge company. They were like, you know, we can't risk all that for you. You're out. And so there's no way for me to even close them. And, and, you know, about a year later, I'd be watching the news one night and see that the FBI raided that place and arrested the people who owned it and a lot of wow. the salespeople who worked there. And I couldn't help but think that would have been my third strike working at that company. I might be doing 20 years right now for something I didn't even know. Oh my God! And because uh, I'd a damn sure, I'd a damn sure been their top salesperson, so that means I would have been responsible for a lot of that business. So it's oh funny how gosh. things work out. But that really did set me back at the time, and so I started a couple of side hustles. Like a couple of people that I knew were like, "Hey, you could do this or do that," but I wasn't really passionate about them. But I had done mortgages prior to that. Before I walked into federal prison, I had almost a million dollars, and uh, uh, wife divorced me while I was in there and took most of it. You know how that goes. So, wasn't really nothing I could do to defend myself. And so, long story short, I go and I apply for a job at a mortgage company. But this is in 2008. Mortgage companies were folding like long. Yeah, yeah. You know, I and, remember. And and people were like, "Why would you go back to that business?" And I'm like, "Well, everybody's getting out of it. It's probably a good opportunity to get into it." And uh, it was. I I went and applied for a job with the through a friend at the largest privately held mortgage bank in Texas and uh, got the job after about a two-hour interview only because I could show them W-2s from where I used to do it. And had my W-2s been like 150 grand, there's no way they would have hired me. But instead, it was like four and 500 grand. So they were like, man, we want this guy in here. We'll overlook his past. And right. so <clears throat> went went to work there. Within about 90 days, I was the top producer at that place. And wow. uh, and and. Anybody that may have done more one month or the other versus me had a hell of a lot more people on their team. I was a one-man show. And uh, so there would be guys with, you know, four, five, six people on their team not doing what I was doing just by myself. And uh, I had 15 months to make up for, you know. And that job was was great, and I made good money there. 2010, uh, the president at the time um, put something into law called the Dodd-Frank Act, which takes – Mortgage licenses, part of it was took mortgage licenses from state-issued, which is how I got mine, to federally-issued. Well, I was still on federal parole, so the Fed said no, and so I'm out of a job. All of a sudden, I, I mean, think about it. It's like go in a millionaire, come out broke as hell, make a oh, bunch of money gosh. again, make three or $400,000 in the mortgage business, then told you can't do that job anymore. Oh, I'm gosh. like, government, if you don't quit messing with me, like right now, you know, I, I know that a big sensitive subject is the government shutdown or whatever. And uh, and they're missing a couple of paychecks, but you know, through, due to weird government interference in my life, I've right. missed a whole bunch of paychecks. You know, yeah. And uh, like the, the gun charge wasn't even what I mean. I could go into that story forever, but I shouldn't have been in there. Uh, right. Long story short, and so I shouldn't have any felonies. I just was, you know, t- taking some shit happened that I couldn't control. But uh, regardless, you know, I, I I'm out of a job now. You know, I'm like one of the best dudes in the nation that can't work. Oh my God. And uh, a friend of mine, you know, I, I hit him up. I said, look, I got to have a, a job or create a business where there's no licensing, there is no boss, 
and I'm in control of whatever. And uh, one of the guys that, that I had asked that said, well, you know, why don't you just start an online business and teach loan officers how the hell you did so many loans when you did them. And I thought, well, nobody cares about that. He goes, man, you'd be surprised, dude. There's a lot of people that would like to trade shoes with you. And my thoughts at the time were, well, I'm unemployed. Why would they want to trade shoes with me, you know? Yeah. And, uh, but, you know, I have done some, you know, I was hard on myself, but I had done some pretty amazing stuff in that industry at a very difficult time. And so uh, starting all over from scratch, obviously. So long story short, uh, I started teaching loan officers how to use social media to get leads because that's a lot of where my business came from. Nobody was using Facebook for business in 2009 and 2010. But I was. Right. And, and so I started teaching these folks. It would be 2011 when I dropped my first course. And I started teaching people how to do all this stuff. And uh, turns out it worked for them too. And, you know, you flash forward seven years later. And, uh, you know, I'm still here. We've got a lot more clients and have had a lot of success. That's it. You know, we, it's all, it's, I've had lots of ups and downs in those seven years. It hadn't been like started that first course, been rich ever since. You know, we didn't. Uh, right. turn into a seven-figure company until, you know, 2015. So, but, uh, but, you know, it's been a lot of momentum since, for sure. Yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot to unpack here. I mean, you, you there are many times. what my times therapist I'm, says. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I'm sure there are many times <laughs> when the, the typical person might just quit. I mean, you have started making a good salary, good income, top performer in that mortgage company. And then just something just came out of nowhere that a monkey wrench that you didn't expect that will bring you back to not having a job or any employment. But what I love about your story is that you never gave up and you were open to new opportunities. Um, would you talk a little bit about that? Well, there's a couple of things I think that are really important in that story that the listeners understand. First of all, I put myself and my family and anybody that was associating me in a position where if I didn't win, we all lost majorly. Okay. And I didn't have a choice. Now, I, when I go into anything, I always remove the choice. If you give me a choice, I will take the easy path. I have a personal trainer in the gym because if you uh, let me work out on my own, I will do it halfway. I have a personal trainer in there to hold me accountable because there's no getting around him because he's uh, a sadistic bastard. And so – <laughs> the, uh, the same thing in real life. I, I put myself in positions to where I give myself no choice but to win, win or die. You know, uh, Tony mm. Robbins says, burn the ships. If you're going to storm the island, burn the ships so there's no going back. And right. for me, it was literally win or die. And, you know, in 2014, uh, I had remarried in 2010, I think, uh, 2009 or 10. Uh, to a woman that I have on and off probably 20-year relationship with, 15-year relationship with. And and uh, we had a kid together, and he got divorced in 2014. So as soon as I catch some momentum in my life and think things are good, I have a kid. We work through that. Things start growing. And then 2014, uh, we split up. And she pretty much, you know, we, we split up amicably as a divorce can be, and we still get along now. But she took the majority of everything that I had and I had to start all over again, basically. Now I already had the wow. business and she let me keep it. But I mean, all of our assets, furniture, bank accounts, cars, all that stuff, she kept that stuff and was awarded it in the divorce. And, the, and I gave it to her, you know, I could have fought. But again, it's like, and I've started all over from scratch like uh, a yeah. million times at this point. I just give it and move on and, and uh, you know, and it, 
turns out that was a a pretty fleeing moment uh, and a moment where I was like this is the last time that I dip. Right. You know, there won't be a there won't be another government intervention, there won't be another divorce, there won't be another um, you know, licensing issue. This will be the last time I dip. And so now I have built about 30 to 35 streams of income that come in every month uh from 30 just different to 35 yeah, just uh, I never I know I'm somewhere around 30. I need to sit down and count them again, but uh, everything from investments to joint ventures to affiliate relationships to the products that we sell to the the side hustles that I do, and so you know I've got consistently over 30 streams of income coming in every month. So if one of them gets shut down, it's not the end of the world for me. Even Wait, if it was my main business, it wouldn't Ryan, be the, the end of the world. We have to talk about this. 30 sources of income. Yeah, so we've got about 11 digital products, and then we okay. have a mastermind, uh, uh, a coaching program where I have some coaches that coach for me, and then my personal program. Then I flip real estate. I own a software company. I have a an investment fund that me and a few friends started where we do loans to businesses that makes us money. Um, I think I said I flip real estate already. I uh, I have joint ventures with some really big names out there that promote that I promote some stuff for them and they promote some stuff for me which pays every month um, mm-hmm. and I have several of those things like uh, A Weber or uh, Lead Pages or some of the speakers that I book uh, at events that I get money from things like that then I speak at events myself and and uh, make money from the events and the promotions there and. Uh, Dude, I'm sure that there's plenty more that I can name. I just uh, am drawing a blank yeah. there just a second, but there's a, no, but there's I, a lot I like, of them. I like that you said that because um, I've heard an entrepreneur say that you should have seven forms of income. And even when um, people hear seven, they're like, whoa, how do you manage seven? And so now when you say 30 and you're seeing, talking about the ones that you have, some of them, they don't require as much time, whereas others Most of them require don't. more time. Right. You get to a level, there's four levels to business. There is the sales professional, right? Whether you're, even if you don't work in sales, you're a corporate person, right? You're working for somebody else. Then there's right. the self-employed. That's the one or two man show. That's, uh, then there's the CEO, which is where I've been for a while. And then there's the investor, which is the final level. A lot of people think it's retirement, but it really it's an investor because then, you know, right now there's lots of things that I have put money into that make me money back, but I don't have to work for it. For example, I'm not underwriting the loans that we give to those business people. They're just debiting my account and paying me for it. I'm not out there face-to-face with the people who are buying the software. They're just buying it on a recurring basis. And so uh, it doesn't require much attention from me except for the occasional promotion. And, right. uh, and, and I didn't do that overnight. I waited till I built one product. It sold well, got it up running, built another one. It sold well, got up running. Once I started making money, I said, okay, I don't want to just rely on this stream. How can I diversify it? Right. And, you know, we're looking at seven or eight years later, and I come from a financial background. So, right. you know, when I did thousands of mortgages, I always asked the people that had money how the hell they got it and what they did and how they deal with it. So I got a lot of education there uh, from people that were really doing it that I saw their tax returns and bank statements firsthand. And, um, and, you know, and so you flash forward and, and there's a lot of different streams, but it's not like I said, today I shall go out and figure 31 ways to make money. Right, you know, it's right, just not right. the case at all. No, you're absolutely right. I'm from a financial background, too. And one thing that I've always noticed, just looking at tax returns and the financial statements, was that wealthy people, um, they don't have to own everything 100%. 
they might have a 25% ownership in this company, 50% ownership in the other one, 2% in that. They have their hands in a lot of different baskets. Yep. Same here. Yep. That's great. That's how you got to do it. Yeah. So you do an activity, and I love your website. Um, if anybody who's listening um, really have to check you out because you have a lot of information on your website um, that's very helpful for people who want to learn how to sell. And what's amazing about you is that you engage in an acti- activity sells, which sometimes it makes people get the hives just thinking about selling because instantly we might get into an image of, you know, like a used car salesperson or someone knocking on your door selling a, a box of encyclopedias. But can you tell us how you are so good at selling and how you could, other people could be just as good as you? Yeah, so um, it's it's power versus force. And so when I'm selling, I'm making power moves. So the the typical salesperson is trying to force their way into a sale. They're cold calling people, bothering people, knocking on doors, talking to people who are disinterested, following up with people who tell them to get away from them, and driving themselves nuts. And that's why we get a, a bad reputation. We we almost have to be these like slimy people to get things done because most sales professionals just simply don't have enough leads. And okay. so for me. I make power moves. Now, I've sold cold calling, door knocking, face-to-face. I mean, you know, I've been in sales way before social media and the Internet existed, right? So I've done those things, but it makes no sense to me. And really, when I did those things, those were power moves. But now we have evolved to where we have better power moves, and those are no longer power moves. Those are force moves. And so uh, the reason why I say that is I say, okay, so what are some power moves? If I'm going to be the best salesman in the industry that I'm in, what are some power moves that I can do? Uh, Well, I can start a podcast, right, because that instantly makes me seem like an authority. I can go out and get some free PR, and that gives me some authority. I can make sure I'm demonstrating my expertise on Facebook using what we call the M3 method or on social media, what we call the M3 method, where it's 80% 80% entertainment for an audience, 20% about you and your business. And doing those kind of things that attracts the right people. See, power attracts. Force, you've got to go track down what you're looking for. With power, it attracts people. So I positioned myself, even when I was in the mortgage business, as the, 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 the influencer, the powerful person that's in the industry that knows how to get these things done, the problem solver. And so when people come to me, most of the time, they're ready to open their wallet already because they've already been influenced because of the power moves I'm making, and I don't have to forcefully sell people anymore. Now, that hasn't always been the case, but think about this. If this is what I'm doing today, and I'm supposedly a next-level salesperson, then don't you think that's what the audience should be doing as well? Because those old things, I never say they don't work. People all the time say, oh, you said cold calls don't work, but I made 200 grand this year. Well, good. We made that last week without a single cold call, you know, mm. <laughs> and you're working all year to make that making calls. We're doing that in a week, not making a single call and only talking to people who want to deal with us. Advertising is another power move, but we don't even advertise that heavily anymore because we don't have to, right? We've been making enough power moves for long enough to where the people tend to plot to this period, whether we're having to run paid traffic to them or not. Right. And, and a lot of people never get to that level either because they don't deliver the level of service and satisfaction to their clients. They always got to go find new people. 
you know, with us, we have a good enough reputation in the marketplace that not only do we get a ton of referrals, we get a ton of organic, uh, you know, introductions and tagging us in posts of people who want to buy stuff from us. So, uh, but again, these are the power moves that you have to make in today's society. Nobody wants to buy from the desperate dude that needs your business, but everybody wants to buy from the guy who's one of the best in his field. <coughs> yep, you're right. And I like the fact there, and there's a blog post you have on your website that talks about um, faking it until you make it, like to actually look successful um, because people would not want to buy from a salesperson that looks broke and desperate. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, I don't believe in like faking it till you make it because that, that insinuates that you might be lying. We say believe until you achieve, right? Okay. And so, you know, you, you want to look like what winning represents at all times. And that doesn't, have, that doesn't mean you have to wear Gucci loafers. I'm wearing Vans and some $30 jeans right now. But if you look at the way that <clears throat> I carry myself, the way that my hair is done, the way that my breath smells, the way that I don't have smoke smell on my clothes and stuff. Right. And, you know, those are the – the 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 things that you need to represent at all times. You know, drive the, the nicest car that you can afford. You know, don't mm-hmm. stretch your budget, but also don't drive a, a damn beater to a face-to-face meeting because you look like you're failing. And I know people say, well, that's so judgmental. If you think for one minute that your prospects aren't judging you, you're mental. Mm. And, and, I mean, that's, that's what they're doing. They're judging you on whether they're going to give you their business or not. When you want to be the best candidate possible, uh, not just right. in knowledge, because you could be the smartest person in the world, but if you walk in my office with yuck breath smelling like smoke with your shirt half untucked and toilet paper hanging off your ass, I ain't going to buy it from you. you know? <laughs> and uh, I don't care how good of an expert you are. And, I mean, yeah. Because right. it's, it's unattractive to work with. You have to be the same thing on social media. You have to be this attractive character. People look you up on social media whether you realize it or not. So if you're on social media saying a bunch of dumb stuff, your prospects go over there and look at it and they're like, this guy's an idiot. You have to represent across every area of your life what winning looks like. And, and it doesn't mean that you have to fake and go run up a bunch of line of credit. It's the nicest. You can go lease an Infinity Q50 for 1500 bucks down and $300 a month. I know. I did it for my assistant. And, you know, $300 a month ain't nothing for a car payment. And it's a nice mm-hmm. car. You show up to a meeting in an Infinity Q50, it's a, it's a nice car. People say, oh, well, that's a nice car. And you're not paying nothing for it. Right. So you right. have to think of things like that to position yourself uh, to be able to win. And, again, you don't have to stretch your budget. Again, most people listening to this can afford a $300 payment or they can afford a, uh, a $500 suit. You don't have to go wear $1,000, $2,000 suits. Ain't nobody noticing the damn difference anyway. Right. You know, right. and by the time you get to a level where people do notice the difference, you'll be able to afford that stuff anyhow. Yep. That that's really that's really good advice. That because when you really think about it, even in years ago when department stores were the biggest thing, there was a lot of time spent in those showrooms just to make sure that it looks precisely how it should be and immaculate, clean, shiny, and there's a reason for it. And as a sales professional, you are that shiny, I'm going to want to call you object, but you are representing your company. And why don't you want to represent your company in the best way possible? Yep. So, in, um, in yourself, you know. Exactly. So, you know, um, how would other people learn more about you and how you can help them um, be the best business person out there? 
um, you know, study somebody or get a mentor of somebody who is already one of the best. Well, if That's, they want uh, to it's real simple, you. you know. If they want to work with you with your Breakthrough Academy, can you tell them a little bit more about it? Yeah, so, you know, with our Breakthrough Academy, we have an online digital training platform with hundreds of videos, teach you everything you need to know from sales, marketing, advertising, how to build funnels, run Facebook ads, all that stuff. We have tons of influencers like Ed Milet, Sean Whalen, Satema Magali, Frank Kern, Kevin Nations that have done trainings back there as well. So it's not just me, it's other experts too. Okay. Uh, there's a whole library of things back there. Plus we do two live events a year and uh, a weekly motivational call. So our live events typically have about 500 people or so. And for, for that program, we charge 2500 bucks a year. We don't have a payment plan or anything like that. We try to keep it exclusive. If somebody doesn't have 2500 bucks in their account at their disposal, they're probably not really a good fit for our network anyway. So a lot right. of people back there making a lot of money. Uh, we have digital products that we sell as well. You can go to BreakFreeAcademy.com and check out all the different things in our library. Uh, the best free resource for your people would be uh, HardcoreCloser.com. But the, the last thing that I'd like to say is, you know, the thing that helps salespeople make more money is leads. It's not getting better at sales. You go get all the sales training in the world. If you ain't got nobody to talk to, you ain't going to make no money. It's real simple. And so leads are the things that allow you to break free. Well, a lot of salespeople are trying to work on their sales game, but what they need to work on is their lead generation game. And you can go over to phonesites.com. It's a software that is, uh, you can get like a free trial over there. And you can build a sales funnel even if you have literally zero tech skills whatsoever. You've never been on the internet before. You can build a, a sales funnel with this software. And once you start mastering things like phone sites and being able to generate leads online with it, it puts you in that power play to be a powerful person, a powerful salesperson, as opposed to having to force your way into everything. I'm mm -hmm. telling you, the new sales mastery is lead generation. Because mm -hmm. even if you suck at sales, if you have enough people trying to get to you to buy your product, you'll make sales regardless. Okay, so the lead generation, um, I, I know you, don't, you might not want to go too deep into it, but I know that for the like, click funnels and all that, you have to make sure that you have the right copy and the right sales language for people to even go further into it. What advice would you give uh, to our listeners about that process? Well, there's three things that you need. You need an offer, which is the hardest part. You need an audience, which is someone who will take you up on the offer, and you need the technology to get that offer in front of the audience. That's really all it is. So many people try to reinvent the wheel and put all this, like, you know, ClickFunnels is great, but it's also a lot like MySpace. You know, when you went to okay. MySpace, you had to do a bunch of coding, and there was, you know, Nickelback playing and glitter all over the screen, and the cursor turned <laughs> into a unicorn. And, <laughs> and people left that for, for Facebook because Facebook was simple, right. you know, and, and you didn't have to learn coding and you didn't have to do any of that stuff. And Facebook was very simple. And so uh, it's the same way with sales funnels. People turn sales funnels into MySpace and it doesn't have to be that way. The biggest companies out there have the most simple funnels. So what's the, what's the, what you suggested again? Phone sites, phonesites.com. It's way cheaper than the rest of them too. Okay. Phone it's like 47 bucks a month. Okay. Yep. All right. You're giving us a lot of good information. Um, and so if people want to work more with you, they could go through Breakthrough Academy or go on Hardcore Closer. The website is? 
The, yeah, hardcorecloser.com. Okay, great. All right. And so now we're going to go into rapid-fire questions just so our listeners can learn a little bit more about you. Um, you've told us a great deal. You have a very inspiring story. Um, but this is just more of a light uh, things about Ryan Stuman. So what is your favorite book? Uh, Can't Hurt Me by David Goggins. Okay. Uh, your favorite vacation spot? Hako, Costa Rica. Nice. Um, coffee or tea? Tea. But the and, iced tea, like in the South, you know, oh, like okay, the cold yeah. stuff with the lemon in it. With sugar. <laughs> yeah. And um, what have you learned the most from being in business? I've learned that, you know, business is like basically a personal development program with a pay plan attached to it. Wow. That is so true. That is so true. Um, and what advice can you give to people who are entrepreneurs? You know, give yourself no choice but to win because Great. we all know we're human, and if we give ourselves a choice to take the eat the path of least resistance, we will do it every time, no matter who you are. That's very true. Well, thank you so much for joining us, today, Ryan, and um, you've inspired me, and I'm sure you've inspired many. Um, you have truly reminded us today that there is no excuse. Thanks. None. Again. <laughs> Thanks again. Thank you. All right.